Hi there. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. And we're going to do a little something different in this show. Periodically, people ask me, can you really change your life that much? Is our behavior and our emotional patterns, are they hardwired? Or is it like software that we can go in and alter and really get a change? And my answer is, it's software for the most part, and you can change what you believe, and you can change the way you interpret the world, the way you see yourself, and you can change your emotional state. But I don't expect you to believe me. We've been trained to be a big skeptics, and I appreciate skeptics. I am one, perhaps through a lot of that engineering training and science. And it took me a long time to put my faith in this process as well before I said, I'm going to go do this work. I'm going to go make changes in my life, and I'm going to give this vehicle a shot. So that's part of my reason to do these podcasts, to plant seeds in people's minds of possibility, to take some of these concepts and apply them perhaps and make some changes. Although the real work, the real transformational experience that you create for yourself is in actual practice. It's in the doing of exercises and practice. Intellectual theory is only going to get you so far. For those practices, those actual exercises to apply and utilize, you will find those on my website in the audio program on self-mastery. There's a few of those first exercises for free, and then as you get into the paid sections, they get a little more intense and they start building and becoming much more involved. What I did want to do is share with you a story, and it's not my story. It's a woman, Holly, who signed up for the program uh, about back in March, and I had a brief talk with her a couple times when she had questions. Didn't really do even any individual sessions with me, just did the exercises in the program, and I spoke with her in November, which is about eight months later, about her progress. She had a great story, and I wanted to share it with you about what's possible, about how people can make changes in their life. I would say that Holly had more fear than most. And if you listen to her story and some of her fears, you'll find out that uh, they showed up in pretty safe places. It was the grocery store, and yet she was still afraid. And she had a lot of compensating and coping strategies to deal with it. But at a certain point, those weren't working anymore. Coping wasn't enough. And she wanted to be rid of not just the fear, but the coping strategies and the compensating strategies as well. So in this recording, it's an interview of Holly and find out about her story. And there's one other thing I want to mention that comes to mind there might be a question about, and that is that there's a journaling exercise that Holly mentions that she applies and utilizes a great deal. And that journaling exercise is in the Self-Mastery Audio Program. It's exercise number five. It's not straightforward journaling. It's not just about writing out the thoughts of your day. It's done in a different style and with a different point of view than, uh, than straightforward journaling. And I explained that in the program. So I think that's all the setup. And hope you enjoy the show and my interview of Holly and her process and her experience and how she's been able to change her life. Because if she can do it, then other people can do it. Hi, Holly. Hello. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay. Pretty nifty, huh? Very. I feel <laughs> like I'm lost in space. 
Or am I dating myself there? <laughs> dating yourself? Oh. <laughs> Are you going out with yourself? No. First there was Lost in Space before Star Trek, so I'm dating myself. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Hey, thanks for uh, joining me in on this uh, funny technology called uh, a telephone <laughs> and having a chat with me. Uh, you a little nervous? Um, No. Okay. Good. Because all I want to do is really just have a conversation, really, about what your experience has been. Cause, all right. Um, I don't know you very well. We talked probably uh, once or twice briefly on a conference call and once on a follow-up just to see what was going on. Your process kind of caught my attention, and I wanted to find out more, and I thought if we get around to publishing this uh, on a podcast that other people might find value from your experience. So that's my curiosity. If we don't like it, we'll throw it out, and we won't do anything with it. So Okay. <laughs> Okay, so what got you started in looking at your belief system or your process or however you want to describe it, making changes in your life? What was going on that motivated you to take an action? Um, from, my, from, from my viewpoint, life for me wasn't working. I was always stuck on survive and um, got tired of it. What, what does survive mean at work, in relationships, emotionally, um, life just in, No, just life in general. Always uh, pre-planning to make sure the next disaster doesn't happen. Um, Murphy proofing yourself. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Everything floats. So <laughs> that's really a really, that strategy I just, I found out just doesn't work. Or what, is, what process, what would you go through? Through to prevent a disaster, to Murphy-proof something. Oh. Um, Give me a for instance. Oh, oh for instance. <laughs> um, for instance, I would never drive my car um, with less than a half a tank of gas in it. Never. As soon as it hit a half a tank, man, I was right into that, um, that gas station. And I am very, very, very happy to tell you I would say it was about three weeks or a month ago. I actually ran out of gas. <laughs> and I was, I pulled over and I was just hysterically laughing at it myself. Saying, really? wow. <laughs> you know, everything worked out just fine. And I was just, oh, wow, this is really working. Don't you think running out of gas and not checking your gas tank was going a little too far in the other direction? No, not no. at the, not not at this point. No. Okay. I do. I it was. It was nice for me for that to happen. However, I do know after that experiencing that, and my reaction to it um, was all right for me. But I also realized that there has to be a balance. Okay. But it wasn't the disaster that your imagination oh. had envisioned. And all those stories that go behind it, what happens to a woman when she runs out of gas. Uh-huh. They weren't true? No. Is that what you mean by things float? Yes. <laughs> they work out. Okay. They work out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you actually ran out of gas, and your reaction was to laugh. It, it just happened. I just started laughing. And actually, I, I find more things more laughable now. You were describing something about work with that. What was the dynamic at work? Well, before? actually, I recently had two. Um, the first one was um, 
just in a normal conversation, someone said to me, where is the old hallway? And I just giggled to myself, and I made no comment. But it just felt really good inside that there's, there's been shift, shifting that people are noticing. And then right before the holidays, I got another um, comment telling me that, well, I can't guilt you anymore because I can see that doesn't work. <laughs> this was at work? Yes. And I said, I just started laughing, and I said, yeah, I guess so, but I can show it to you in the dictionary. <laughs> show, show, show them guilt. Um, I can show them where they can find guilt in the dictionary. <laughs> What was it like before with people guilting you? You you felt guilt. Oh. What did you What did you do? I never said no. Someone to... wanted me to do something. Oh, okay, okay, I'll do that. Oh, you don't think I'm doing that the right way? Oh, okay, I'll do it your way. Did you feel like your way wasn't worth doing? Did you feel like you? Um, I always felt someone always knew better than I. That my way was not the right way. What would that feel like emotionally? Emotionally? Yeah. Um, looking back at it, very heavy. Mm -hmm. Very did heavy. You, did you resent them? Were you angry for it? I wasn't resent them towards them, but then I would take it out on myself and um, cry a lot, you know, if it didn't work out the way that they told me to do it or, well, I thought I did it the right way. And and I misinterpreted a look from them. Then I would go hide in the corner and like, oh my goodness, they're mad at me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> You're laughing. I love now. that one. <laughs> Why is that one funny? <laughs> what a waste of time. <laughs> and okay. And and another. And it was um, also another insight for me long time ago <laughs> either I was only listening with one ear or looking with one eye but there is this fable about a, a student with a teacher and that every time someone said something harsh to them um, to that person that person had to pay them money for um, being insulted and so eventually that person graduated and and then he went to another teacher, and he says, well, you have to guard this gate. And um, so this person comes up and insults that person, and that person just starts laughing at him. And then the teacher comes up and says, why did you do that? He said, because I used to have to pay for those insults. And then the teacher says to him, the kingdom is yours. And for the first time in probably five years, I understand what that fable's all about. It was a Zen fable of some sort. And and what is it about for you now? Um, not taking things personally, not making assumptions. And that guarding the gate. Yeah. You you own what's on the inside. Yeah, I. It's like when someone passes as an insult, or if you even think it's an insult, or even it's just an outright verbal attack, it's like. Oh, and it goes like right over you. <laughs> you start, okay, <laughs> whatever. 
You see it as just their story. Yeah, it's their story. Okay. And then, but now I feel myself shifting at looking at these people. I was looking, you know, now I'm looking at them with awareness, seeing that it's their story, their, their lie. <laughs> and yet I'm finding compassion for them. Which you, is you another sound, shift. You sound surprised. But yeah, which is another shift. That I'm actually finding love for these people. Instead of where you probably, what you thought you'd be angry with them or judging Yeah, them? judging, oh, I'm, oh, here comes that person. I'm going to hang a, a quick left and hope they don't see me walking down the hallway. Yeah. Avoidance, maybe yeah. that's the good word. And that compassion that, that allows you to engage them directly more? Or? Yes. And yeah. because I started doing that, that's when I started receiving those um, comments. Do they want the old Holly back, or or they like to control with guilt and feel well, powerful that way? Um, I I can't answer for them. <laughs> Smart girl. Yeah, I can't answer for them. So how long ago did you consciously decide, okay, I'm going to make this change in my life. I'm tired of disaster-proofing everything to no end. Um, well, I really, really appreciated that how technology has really helped <laughs> Because even though I read all every single book that I could get on the Toltec wisdom, and but when I saw that she had an audio um, course that was on tape, that means that I could listen to it, you know, ten times, <laughs> you know, and maybe I'd get it <laughs> instead of like rereading all my copious notes and going, now what is meant here, because. There's a big difference for me learning um, if I hear it and the inflection in the words. Mm -hmm. Because with your audio tapes, I, I hear compassion, not just reading words or reading from a book, like a book's on tape. It doesn't feel like a book on tape. Right. So, okay, that's only been available for the past year. So I you know. picked it up. Uh, that that's where the turn started for, for me. Yeah, it was your audio session. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask: you, Were there doubts and fears about this won't work? I'll never get out of this. This will. I'll keep doing this same routine forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take a number. They're very common. Yes. What did you do? What did you do with those? Or what? Uh, how'd you deal with those? Um. Well, I'm sure you heard all the stories. And there's, there's, I've heard them from other people. I don't know you. Yeah, um, there, there, there were several. Um, mm -hmm. First of all was the journaling. Um, I started doing that, and it's like, well, I can't write these words down because what happens if I'm found out, you know, if someone really finds out what I really think about them? Okay, oh, you, the way you dealt with one of the journaling exercises I give. Yes. Probably about the fifth one, I think. Yeah. Okay. You were afraid to write it down because people would find out what was going on in your mind. Yes, because even I'm skipping ahead because I did write something down and it was made fun of. It's like, oh, what? why is she always sitting off in the corner writing things down in the middle of, her, of the day? And mm -hmm. so um, from wherever that person was coming from, they came up and grabbed the book and just started reading it. And I was horrified. But with modern technology, for me... Um, the big spurt of growth 
was um, I found on Yahoo. If mm -hmm. you have an account there, they have a thing called Notebook. So that's where I put everything, you know, all my 26 pages of my one day. You know, how two minutes of one day can turn into 26 pages is very... Um, of, of all the thoughts in your head. I know. And then also it was very safe for me to write it there because no one will ever find it. <laughs> Interesting. You know, um, because you don't want, you know, you are writing every, I wanted it to work. And in order to work, I had to write everything that I said when that instant happened to calling the person a dweeb or a dork. You know, all those kind of things. And so I wrote those down, and it's very shocking the next day for me to go back and read it. Okay. Well, what you're describing, wanting it to work and write out, that's about really looking at it in detail. Yes. Really really being honest with yourself. Yes. And you were willing to do that. I mean, even down to this, to being aware of, even when I was in a grocery store, I was not okay. that person who stood back and surveyed the line of what's the shortest line. I was the person that looked at the cashier and see if it was a nice person or if that person looked friendly or not. And so that went in my journaling. Oh, that thought process yeah, like, that was going on in your head. Why am I doing that to myself? Why am I spending all this energy? Yes you know, concerned or am I worried about getting a mean person or yeah. whatever the story was behind Do they look like they're going to bark at me? <laughs> so now I go into the <laughs> little door. A little fear behind the story, perhaps. Oh, yeah. And then I... You un uncovered with that. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to do the, the peeling of the onion. And now when I go in, it's like oh, I go in any line and and now the girls say, how come you didn't pick my line, Holly? <laughs> you know, now now I have competition. They want me. <laughs> If they only knew what I was doing before. It's no longer a matter of who will take me, but now it's who do I choose. And Yeah. So the way you dealt with it, with the exercises that were in the program. Absolutely. Absolutely. They worked for me. And also, in your program, you gave the tools of how to do it. I mean, you could read all these other things and, you know, well, don't. That's them, you know, don't take it so personally. Well, it's like, how do I not take it so personally? How do I not make it hurt when, when I think someone is, <laughs> is being mean to me? But it's like, you know what? It's you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with them. It's you. <laughs> Tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Is that, is that hurt when you realize that? Oh my God, this is what I'm doing? Yeah. That's probably why I ran out of gas. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay. I should point out for people, you have a kind of job where you can you can take time out and do some writing, though. Yes. While you're still at work. Well, what I do now is I carry that really tiny little pencil, and mm -hmm. I have a little tiny little notebook, and I just write keywords. Okay. And then when I get home, it's like it all gets dumped in there, and it's safe. It's and even if I die, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Murphy Proof. One day I won't do it. <laughs> when I die, that means no one will come and go through all my stuff and say, oh, God, look what she wrote. <laughs> she thought I was a dweeb. <laughs>
Well, maybe then they'll take the course you'll be doing. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll put P.S. <laughs> Look at www.pathwaytohappiness.com. <laughs> there will be your answer. Yeah. <laughs> don't let have don't let Holly's opinion rule your life. <laughs> it's not a great way to live. No. No. So you would do, you would do a lot of writing. How many of the exercises? Because there's about fourteen different ones. How many of them would you say that you really incorporated all of them or some of them or some did you blow off and they didn't work for you? Um, none of them. Um, none of them I blew off at all because I would do one tape and then I would have tons of questions. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> okay, let's be patient here. And then it's like, what was it, two weeks or whatever. And it's like, poof, the next one would come. And it's like the answers were there. Um, they would come. And um, it, would, it would help with the light bulb. Yeah. But the two, I would say that I mostly go back, now that I'm done through with them, is that I do go back to the gratitude. Yeah. And I always go, and I go back to the, um, the journaling. And also the one I, I listen to a lot, probably up to 85 times now, <laughs> is um, <laughs> the band words. The band words. Because that's okay. huge. The gratitude one, it's very interesting. It's the first one. It's probably the most straightforward and simple, and it's probably one of the most challenging. And it is most challenging because when I first started the audio series, I'll be honest here, it's like, oh, this is the first one. I have to be quiet again. <laughs> the last thing I want to be is quiet, you know. <laughs> so because I have to be quiet at work, so it's like, um. I have to be still again, but that was okay. Well, did you get to a point where you could do that meditation kind of thing when you're walking around or driving? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, it was. It's just a small tool. Yeah, I start people do it being still because then you can focus your attention. But once you practice, God, I go throughout my day. And yeah. That's, that's very much the emotional state I'll live in most of the day. And then. When you want to stop and you want to know where I am with my awareness, it's like, oh, look, I'm in gratitude. <laughs> you kind of get lost there instead now. Yeah, you know, I'm not oh. seeing who's going to bark at me. <laughs> um, what are you working on now? What's going on in your project? Is it just kind of more the same in the details of it, or is there something specific that you, you kind of notice you want to change in your life? Well, I think as I go along, like I mentioned before, trying to find the balance. Right. Um, but I also know not to jump ahead because I believe you said it was in one of your other, it was in the free podcast about you could take the roads um, to the mountain straight up or you could take the switchback. And I do believe going slowly. The switchback. Is, is best to get best for learning for, for myself. There's a place where we can take these great leaps in consciousness, but they're, they're very challenging to sustain unless we've really practiced all those little things throughout the day that, that allow us to sustain that leap forward. But eventually it's probably more the um, growing into the more spiritual consciousness. But I do, I believe <laughs> that you have to do the basic foundation first before you could 
very much the case is you have to deal with the mind. Yes. You have to deal with the mind because you can, a lot of people, when they have those great expansive experiences of love that we'll call a spiritual experience, you know, after it's done and they wake up the next day and they go about their day and they have a reaction or they get upset about something in traffic, mm -hmm. they go, oh, no, I lost it. You know, I had my fall from grace. I had my opportunity. I, there I was in this bliss. And now, you know, even if it's three or six months later, they're like, oh, I've lost it. And they use that to really judge themselves if they haven't dealt with that critical voice in their head, if they haven't dealt with and have detached from any victim stories that they might create. So, yeah, you have to deal with your mind if you're going to integrate any spiritual experiences and sustain them in a, in a way of living life. What uh, what would you recommend feedback about the course that you would make different or suggest to that it address or something? Well, I personally don't. I'm always looking. I'm always looking for constant improvement. So yeah, I'm open. Well, to I can't give that to you because <laughs> um, your teaching style worked for me. It worked for me. Um, to the cadence of your voice, to the inflection of the voice, um, to the simplicity of the words, um, it it worked for me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You, know, you talk about those questions coming up. What about this? What about that? And you'd wait two weeks and you'd get access to the next session. They kind of got created because I'd given assignment to someone. And when we'd talk again, I'd talk to my client again two weeks later, they'd have a series of questions. Uh, it like expanded their awareness to a certain point and they would go, what about this? What about that? And I'd give an exercise for them to deal with all that they were discovering. And then that would expand their consciousness to another layer and more questions would come up and I wouldn't tell them this is the answer. Uh, I'd say, okay, go do this exercise and see what you experience. And that would kind of take care of all those realizations, uh, kind of self-discovery. And so after doing this many number of times, I found out, okay, there's a certain order to this. There's a certain process to this that the mind operates and incorporates this information. So that's kind of why it became easy to put the next question, the, the answers in the next session. So... <laughs> Also, the answers somewhat come along within yourself mm -hmm. if 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 we choose to um, to do the exercises. Because just because they sound simple, sometimes doesn't mean that it's that easy to do. No, they're uh, they are certainly not easy. No, they're certainly not easy. Uh, I I have to tell you, I'm pretty amazed because most. Uh, I will confess myself that when I studied with Miguel and he gave homework assignments, most of the time, most of us didn't do them. Um, and when we did, uh, at least when I did, uh, there would be profound discoveries. And I really saw that the value of that work of personal change was so much an inside job. But I'm, uh, you must have had a lot of desire or, or you made a really strong agreement. What, an intent to, okay, I'm going to go change this aspect of my life. Was there some turning point where you said, I'm totally committed to this change in my life? 
or been building a long time? I'm sure it's it was a seed planted probably two years ago, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I will say the turning point for me was truly um, being able to find a safe place to write everything down, to come back to see those words, to um, come back and and rewrite it like it was a novel, mm-hmm. and then coming back again and, and writing it. And pretty soon it's like this 26 page came down to two sentences. <laughs> this whole big emotional reaction yeah. to the story. And then also um, when you're writing, it's like then you start going back to your, you know, the whole childhood thing. And, um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, maybe that's why that happened. Oh, now I see. Okay. You, ch- you change your interpretation yeah. about what happened mm-hmm. and why it happened. Did it change the way you felt about people, your parents or whoever you were growing up with? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Would you say your relationships with them have changed since then? Or I don't know if you still have contact. With um, it, it can't change because of um, the physicalness of them themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has changed in me personally that there is no blame because it is what it is. It was what it was. So how do you see them now? How do you feel about them now? Um, I love them for, for them doing the best they could. Pretty liberating. Very. I don't know what else to ask. I'll ask you. Well, it's probably just more theory. (laughs) Well, fire away. Okay. Since our minds make up so many stories, and the older we get, I was just wondering, is there really that much mental illness? Because I I am aware that people are born with... with, um, you know, if you want to call them shortcomings in the brain, just like people who are born with um, shortcomings of their heart. You know, the valve doesn't work, so they get it fixed and stuff like that. But I was just wondering, since we, as a human race, create so much drama in our life, mm-hmm. how much really is mental illness? Or does it eventually just turn into mental illness? All the pill-popping and... And the anger. Anger, depression. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a doctor or medically trained, so how we define mental illness technically mm-hmm. is not you know, a term I'm legally qualified to answer. Sure. <laughs> um, my point of view is we learn to accumulate stories and agreements in our mind. And if you can imagine, like, taking in all these opinions, all these ideas as stuff you collect and buy and you store in your house, which Mm. is your mind, but you never clean up your house. Mm. You collect all these opinions and all these beliefs, and a lot of them contradict. You know, just the idea is like, oh, I'm a really good person. Well, we do something else. We yell at somebody and say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm a terrible person. And now we hold both of them. 
Now we have an image of ourselves as a good person, an image of ourselves as a bad person. And now we have these two beliefs in conflict that fight back and forth as conversations. We'll accumulate those over 10, 20, 40, 60 years, 80 years. And what I see is there is such an accumulation of stories, beliefs. And it becomes so busy that it sucks the life out of people. It takes so much energy. That's a good description. One of the things I see people, those stories are running their life. Because their house is so full, they can't move. Uh, they're locked in the channels of you know just walking between the boxes. They haven't learned how to let them go. So I see part of that mental disease is just a lack of housekeeping of our belief systems. It's We're taught to accumulate beliefs and invest in beliefs, but in this society it's not um, part of our process to clean up what we've accumulated and say, okay, do I really want to keep this opinion? And we're not, we're not, we're not taught to evaluate them. We're not no. taught how to let them go. We're not taught that it's okay to let go. It's quite the rebellious thing to do. That's probably about enough time. Okay. And uh, I want to say thank you very much for sharing with what you've been doing and your experience and the changes you've been having in your life. Well, thank you for believing in me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for not believing in your own story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell stories too, but my stories are intended to help you be a skeptic of your own stories. That's kind of some of the trickery of it. So, okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and for practical ways how to identify and change these core beliefs at the heart of our emotional drama, you can log on to my self-mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. The first few sessions there are free. Try it and see if those exercises are, are practical and effective for you. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com.